Good morning. Good morning. I'm Tom Myers. I'm Director of International Education here at the college. This year we are celebrating 40 years of history, 40 years since the beginning of the SST program in the fall of 1968. 40 years ago, this fall, three buses left from outside this building to take the long trip to Miami. In those days, we didn't go directly to Chicago. We went on a bus to Miami for over 30 hours, spent a night in a modest hotel, and then the next day flew on to Central America and the Caribbean. There were three units in the fall of 68. One went to Costa Rica and Central America, one went to Jamaica, and a third went to Guadeloupe in the Caribbean. Much has changed in the last 40 years, and yet much remains the same. This morning, we have an opportunity to compare and contrast the experience of leadership, the experience of being a student on SST in the early days as compared to today. We're going to have four speakers. Wilbur Berkey was leader of one of the groups in Costa Rica in 74-75, along with his wife family, Fanny. Excuse me. He will speak from the perspective of an early leader. He will be followed by Karen Shearer Stoltzfus, who, along with her husband Duane, was in Peru last year. And then we will have students. Dean Rhodes, who's up in that right picture, the third from the top, will speak from the perspective of a student in Nicaragua in 1970. And finally, Maria Meyer Beiler will speak from a student perspective from Nicaragua last summer. Good morning, and uh, yes, that's me uh, over on the right there with our group in Costa Rica. I was first perplexed a bit by my early years experiment, assignment, I'm sorry, since that uh, by the time I and my wife led our first SST in Costa Rica in 74-75, SST had already existed for six years, had sent some thousand students to 11 countries, primarily in Central America and the Caribbean, but also to Germany, Poland, and South Korea. In fact, I was away in graduate school when the SST program began 40 years ago, though I was also very much aware of the dramatic faculty debate under the guidance of Henry Weaver, who is right here, uh, that led to sending virtually all GC students for a semester abroad into what we then called third world countries. But of course, in the longer scheme of things, our first SST was indeed early, in the sense that it was during the first one-sixth of its current history. So how was SST different then? In many ways, it was very little different. Host families have always been central, with the exception of socialist countries, Poland, East Germany, and then China. China has its first full-fledged host families only now, as we speak this fall. SST was already six and a half weeks of study in the city, six weeks of service in more rural areas, and then the happy reunion with SSTers and the original host families, as well as the routines of language testing and debriefing at the end. 
It is true that one of our very first leaders, Dan Hess, sharply altered the pattern once. After a brief orientation, he sent students out on service, cold turkey, so to speak, and then followed with the six weeks of more formal study. Tom tells me he also uh, tried that once later. But he quickly discarded that idea in favor of the more familiar pattern of study followed by service. Other familiar routines for the study portion were journaling, quizzes or tests, and a major project. And here is one significant difference. For in the beginning, all projects were then sent back to campus, to the campus library for anyone and everyone to read. Another major difference, in the early years, with SST locations primarily in Central America or the Caribbean, Students began with a non-stop bus ride to Miami, where after an overnight, they flew to their various countries. Aside from being a less expensive mode at that time, um, this two-day uh, ride served as a sort of buffer, a preparation ritual, and on the way home, an opportunity to share stories with co-pilgrims from other countries. Communication systems were dramatically different at that time. No email, no blogs, no internet, even few ready phone connections. By both necessity and design, we were very much out there, immersed in the local cu culture. Ah, but those letters. Yes, we normally designated two students to pick up the mail each day after language study, hold it until the, after the afternoon lecture, so as not to detract from the lecturer's content, and uh, then open and devour the news from home or friends. Then, as now, there were those unusual opportunities, like the time our SST group was invited for dinner and conversation to the home of Don Pepe, former Costa Rican president, Jose Figueres, legendary leader of Costa Rica's democratic revolution only 16 years earlier. Journaling has always been standard, and, after the special and often the special relationship between leaders and students. Two journal examples. There was the brief and hilarious exclamation from one of our students just fresh out on service. Oh, shit, he said. He wrote, I think the maid has fallen in love with me. <laughs> or more seriously, one of my favorite journal entries from Tony, written near the end of his work in a remote farming village. He writes, Silencio may have started out as a service assignment, but it ended up as a home. I changed my attitudes, my clothes style, my eating habits. I now go to bed by 9 p.m. instead of midnight, and I get up with the chickens. The change I noticed in the people can be seen in the way my name changed. The first week, my name, my name was strictly Tony or Antonio. Then it changed to Gringo. About the third week, I got the nickname Tony Miola after the goalkeeper for the U.S. national soccer team. He was, by the way, a soccer player. RSSTer. Now I am anything from Tony Miola to Muchacho and Amigo. 
a life with no fads and no prejudice I may never experience again. When I think if I actually performed any service, the answer may seem like I didn't. But I feel that I gave Silencio all I had to offer. And finally, that special bond between SST leaders and students, at least sometimes. I should first explain that while my name is Wilbur, my nickname since the seventh grade is Kirby, or Curb for short. So I still chuckle with the memory of walking across campus, the GC campus, soon after our return from Costa Rica in 1975, to be startled by the loud call from an SST-er, Dennis Rittenhouse, by the way, who'd returned a semester ahead of us. Hi, Curb, he said, and we had a joyful sidewalk reunion. And so it was, and so may it be for all of you 40 years later. Good morning, buenos dias. When Duane and I left our jobs in New York City and returned to Goshen so that Duane could teach in the communication department here, the SST program and our positive experiences both in Haiti and in Costa Rica were key factors in our decision to move. Wilbur here, in his role uh, at that time as director of international ed, soon signed us up as prospective leaders for a Spanish SST unit, most likely a semester or two in Costa Rica or the Dominican Republic, we thought. Uh, seven years later, last July, we were headed to Peru for the first year-long term of service there. You might guess that renting and packing up our house, along with our two uh, teenage daughters, and in my case, leaving a job, were our first hurdles uh, to SST leadership. I mention this in part because it seems that finding couples in this era who are willing and able to serve as leaders is perhaps harder than it was 30 to 40 years ago when SST first began, when one person maybe was more often at home or working a part-time job. Call me naive, but early on, especially when we thought we were headed to an island in the Caribbean, I pictured SST leadership as a chance to step away from the rat race and, the exper and to experience a slower pace of life. I knew it would involve a lot of work and responsibility, but assumed there would be plenty of time for bonding with students and family and even time to reflect, relax and reflect on life. And then we arrived in the great metropolis of Lima, a busy modern, in many respects, city with more than 8 million people. Even before our students arrived, life took on an intensity as we learned to know the city using a new informal public transportation system with our less than perfect Spanish. The pace increased, but efficiency decreased. Everything took longer to accomplish. Once we were underway with the program and when our students were there, we were surprised at how overwhelmed many of them seemed um, by all that we had on the agenda, from language classes, to lectures, to museum visits, to weekend field trips. Duane and I both recall having had plenty of free time as SSTers, and we tried to balance out the students' requests for more downtime, more time with their families, with all that we needed to pack in to meet the expectations of a newly graded curriculum. Cur curriculum. 
Um, and then along with those formal aspects of SST that students expect, like hanging out with families and exploring the city on their own and that kind of thing. Playing into the time factor was, surprise, um, the aspect of technology, which Wilbur mentioned. We were amazed by how much time and care it took to keep up the unit blog and how regularly families and friends counted on checking in, sometimes calling Tom in the SST office if they didn't see their son or daughter's photograph at a particular event. Late nights updating the blog or working on student money envelopes would often be followed by those early morning phone calls to Duane's cell phone from a host family worried about a sick student. The, this ability to be in constant communication is a mixed blessing on SST, uh, especially for the leaders. You're potentially reachable everywhere, including at Machu Picchu. One, one, morning, one morning, Duane got two phone calls, one from Tom and one from me in this remote, sacred uh, space. And it can also be intrusive and lead to a, a false sense of security, as in when you have a sick student and you're trying to reach uh, the SST nurse back here in Goshen and, and the cell phones aren't connecting. Students are told not to bring cell phones, but their host families in Lima often seem surprised that they were not allowed to have cell phones, and some even gave their student a cell phone. Uh, while in Lima because they wanted to be in touch. Many families had internet access available in their homes, as you can imagine, and if not, inexpensive internet cafes were usually just around the corner, even on service assignments in remote villages. Students could also purchase inexpensive calling cards if they felt the need to phone home. This meant information was flowing freely back and forth between um, Lima and home areas, and sometimes creating a sense of worry uh, for families that, again, often ended up with phone calls to the SST office. Um, it also meant that the letters that Wilbur referred to were um, fewer, and we noticed that many students didn't get letters at all, so we assumed that most of their home contact was through email. <clears throat> Although, again, students were discouraged from keeping blogs and encouraged to be careful when posting information on Facebook and other sites. Um, once again, it's the kind of thing that we can't police. And um, occasionally, even though most students handled this very well and blogs were very professional, <clears throat> excuse me, um, there were occasionally opportunities for information to cause concern or um, offend a host family member in, in Peru, which was more of a concern for the SST leaders. I'd expected in um, our time, in time there, the um, travel around Peru, which um, for those of you who've been in Peru, it's, it's a, an immense country. It's very challenging to get around. And obviously, none of us had time to see all that we would like to have seen and done while we were in, in Peru. I'd expected that to be the highlight of, of the experience in Peru. And in many respects, it was. But the biggest reward, which, um, as Wilbur mentioned, and I think for most leaders you'll hear, is the relationships that you're able to build with students that are hard to uh, build uh, here in Goshen. Uh, we found that even though there wasn't as much time to sit around and visit as we thought, 
there was this amazing opportunity to uh, see into the students' uh, thinking and observe um, from our perspective 63 uh, different uh, perspectives on Peru from bright, engaged college students. And that is a gift that I will long cherish. There are also many other opportunities, whether it's playing silly games when we have downtime, uh, sitting on a bus together, or during those less fortunate times when maybe a student was sick and spent the night at our home, or we spent the day in an emergency room in, in uh, Lima that um, you had an opportunity to get to know people in a way that, that you wouldn't otherwise. And I think especially on service visits, um, when you sent students off to areas where they were really left uh, to their own devices and needed to get acquainted with the, the setting, it was really rewarding to go out and visit them and be welcomed almost like a surrogate mom or dad and um, see how well they had um, incorporated themselves into life wherever they were living uh, and were making an obvious difference in the lives of the people they were around, especially building relationships uh, and uh, presenting, we, uh, we felt with our students in particular, a really excellent view of um, what an American could be. So I guess um, I would say to all of you students who are yet going on SST, um, really move forward and, and go with an open mind and work hard to experience all that you can uh, in your time there. It's, for each person, um, a unique experience, even though many people have gone before you. And for those of you who might consider serving as leaders, uh, it's something that we would highly recommend. Where did all that hair go? Uh, you've heard that the world was a very different place in 1970. Um, most of us, I can't speak for all of the group that I went with, but most of us had never been on an airplane before. I was one of the few that actually had been. Um, we certainly didn't have cell phones, uh, no emails, as you've heard. Um, long distance phone calls uh, meant calling South Bend from Goshen. Um, the only reliable form of communication was really via snail mail, <clears throat> because that's all we knew. So SST, for me, and for most of us back in that early era, was seen as a total cutoff from everything that was known, everything that was familiar, everything that we had understood up to that point in our lives. Um, it was a time of total immersion into the customs, the language, and the culture of the host country, and that's what we fully expected. So when I left for Nicaragua on January 1970, I was fully prepared mentally to live without the physical comforts of home, fully prepared mentally to live isolated for three months, cut off from family, friends, things that I knew and understood. I expected it to be difficult, but I also expected that I could do it. I expected to see poverty, and yes, I did see poverty, lots of it. I perhaps wasn't as prepared to smell poverty, um, to see the searing poverty 
burned into my conscience as I lived uh, with it daily, especially on my service assignment. But I got through it. Um, I was maybe not expecting to see the hardworking people um, day to day struggling to survive. Um, but again, I, I got through that. Um, I was not expecting to live with rats like I did on my service assignment. Um, my bedroom would simply explode every night with rat warfare. Um, I couldn't flip on a light because I didn't have a light, so I just would listen to them and sometimes even feel them crawling over my bed at night. But again, that was something I dealt with, I got used to it, and I knew that it would end when SST ended, and it did. Um, I've only seen a very few rats since I returned from SST uh, 38 years ago. Um, what I was not prepared for was what I would like to spend most of my time talking about this morning. What I was not prepared for was the life-altering um, information that took place here in my head. Um, and, and it didn't end when I stepped off the bus out here at the Union uh, building after SST. It's continued to evolve in my life over the years. I should say that SST was the catalyst that prompted me to go into other forms of service with um, MCC and Elkhart Mission Board a few years back. So I can't give SST all the credit, but it was the pivotal point in my life that, again, didn't change me the day I stepped off the plane in Nicaragua. Um, but slowly, it began to have an effect on my life. Studying the history of this small poverty-stricken nation, um, which up until that point, I had had my Midwestern um, ideas about what would work and what wouldn't work in life. If only individuals would be honest, if they worked hard, if they were diligent, if they were persistent, of course they would get ahead. Of course they could eliminate poverty. Um, if only they had a US government uh, democracy like we had, um, if only they could get rid of the corruption, then of course they would become a wealthy nation. Uh, what did past history, political injustice, have to do with anything about what was going on in the countryside, the reality of the streets of Nicaragua or Managua? My government actually only wanted the best for Nicaraguans, didn't they? Um, our USAID programs only gave good aid, didn't they, with no strings attached? Of course. That was the way the world was. We were the benevolent government that helped the world. Two things um, that I want to briefly mention. I was walking home with my host brother one day. I didn't speak Spanish very well, folks. I wish I knew Spanish a lot better then, but I didn't know much. I didn't know enough to know that we were talking about the Sandinistas, um, who I had studied um, in our book that we were required to read. Uh, he was talking about this new movement. Again, remember, this was 1970. Um, and as we approached one of the many military policemen with their machine guns on the corner, he, he dropped his voice, eventually stopped talking altogether, and told me, guys, be quiet, don't say anything. I said, okay, and we walked, and about the middle of the block, he started talking again, and as we approached the next policeman, he did the same thing. And I thought, what was that all about? Was he afraid to give his opinions in front of this policeman, and what did that really have to mean with, mean with, um, with anything? Um, I never fully answered that question for a number of years. Other example, I was bouncing along a dirty road on my way to Jalapa on the northern Nicaraguan border for my service assignment. I was all alone. Um, it was dusty. We had handkerchiefs over our mouths to keep out the dust. And all of a sudden, the road became smooth. It was paved, 
smooth as glass for about a mile, mile and a half. Beautiful, lush uh, tobacco fields. And I thought, oh, wow, they've paved this part of the country. And um, I was shocked then when the pavement ended and we went back to breathing dust and bouncing again. I asked my seatmate again, what was that all about? And um, he, in no flattering terms, told me that this was Somoza, President Somoza uh, landing strip. He would fly up here on the weekends to view and spend time in his plantations in this lush, quiet green valley. And I could see that he was very angry about this. Um, he was angry that the president, who was so corrupt, so brutal, had this landing strip that he could get away from it all. Um, and also he made another comment that I never will forget. And your U.S. government, Mr. Gringo, is supporting this man. Again, I didn't quite understand what all that meant until um, later, years later in some cases, as I continued to expand my worldview about what was happening really in the world. I continue to pay attention to this day to the ways that those hard experiences, not the rats, not the dysentery, not the isolation, but the hard experiences of learning about the reality of the world, how those experiences continue to awaken in me. I try to be fully aware of the immigrant um, who's in front of me at Walmart, who can't speak, uh, can't speak English. Um, I try to be aware of what our government and the governments both north and south of the Rio Grande, the Rio Bravo, are doing to cause this immigration here in this country? What role do I pay, play as a U.S. taxpayer? Um, I'd like to say that the SST experiences answered all of my questions, but in reality, it didn't. Um, it only made me ask more questions. But I can, in fact, say without any question that it was one of the best experiences of my life and that it has uh, caused in me over the last 38 years to question many things about myself, my church, my government, and in innumerable ways has awakened in me um, the desire to be more aware of the world. It has enriched my life in ways that I can't even calculate. Thank you. Just before I left for Nicaragua SST this summer, some of my friends got back from the spring Tanzania trip, and they were showing me their pictures. And they had all of the typical Goshen College website pictures, the lots of cute kids and dusty and shabby houses, lots of bright colored fabrics. It was making me really excited to leave. Um, I knew the story. It was going to be really hard, but I was going to learn a lot and experience hospitality, and then I'd come back and I'd be a global citizen. <laughs> I figured, if anything, I was more prepared for SST than the average Goshen College student. I've taken a decent amount of Spanish. I'm generally adaptable and not very high maintenance, and I figured roughing it would be easy. I also knew, like Dean mentioned, that the U.S. has had a lot of involvement in Nicaraguan politics over the last hundred years or so. Um, I'd had plenty of chance to learn about that, just because of our general higher exposure to information these days through the internet and through the classes that we have on campus. Um, I have 
learned a lot through school and through other experiences about injustice. And though I've been on the um, privileged side of that pretty much all the time, I um, have at least had some exposure to that. And I was right about the politics part. There weren't too many surprises. The huge amount of access to information that we have these days did me well. Of course, things were a little different because I was actually in these places I was hearing about. But there was nothing too shockingly new. Nicaragua is a really different place from when Dean went. Um, now it's after the revolution, and there are still really glaring inequalities, but most people in Nicaragua would agree that um, the hardest parts of their politics right now are behind them. There were other things, though, that were really difficult, and because of that, they were really surprising to me. All of those stereotypical SST comments that I mentioned are true for me, but they sound so bland compared to what I experienced. The biggest learning experience for me was just day-to-day -day living. It's just so different from reading about it or looking at pictures on the internet or traveling. Um, I had to face that I am just used to an easy life. There is no way around it. On SST, some parts were just hard. I never got used to taking cold showers, I admit. The cockroaches in the bathroom always grossed me out. And there were times when I was just lonely and sick of Spanish and wanted to be somewhere where things were comfortable for me again, like they often are in the United States. This was definitely a challenge. I was expecting to breeze right through that aspect of the cross-cultural experience, all ready to take my MCC post or whatever after college. And this reminded me that I can't just adapt to wherever I am on a whim. I have to work to live in a new place. This was difficult to learn, and I could not have done it without actually living cross-culturally. But all, not all of the lessons that I learned were so disappointing. There's just no way to explain becoming used to sleeping through roosters at 3 o'clock in the morning or making real dear friends with people who don't even speak my primary language. Um, the joys of learning new vocabulary from my six-year-old students, like this kid here. His name is Johnson. He taught me a lot. He was a challenge. Um, or also realizing that my host family, who will never hope to to have half of the stuff in my U.S. American house, has everything they need and are happy with it. These are lessons that were so humbling and, there was no, and that no amount of access to information through the internet or whatever could teach me that I could not learn any other way but by living them. I did not know that before I left, but now I see how valuable, how valuable SST has been for me in that respect. A few days ago, I was looking at my pictures from SST. I noticed that I had all the typical SST pictures too. Here's a good example. But I saw that for me, they're more than just prerequisites to my Global Citizens badge. They're connected to memories that have changed me. Though times have changed and my information going into SST was different from Dean's, the experience was still one that shaped me and taught me in unexpected ways.
thanks to all of you. This is the beginning of a celebration that continues. This weekend, there are events on Friday and Saturday that you're all welcome to. Beginning on Friday afternoon at 1.30, we will have a tea here in this building to celebrate the beginning to honor the founders, followed by the wonderful Haitian art exhibit, the official opening of that in the gallery of the library. On Saturday afternoon, there are back to the classroom events for each region of the world where we have SST. And finally, on Saturday evening in this room at 7.30, Father Jack from Chimbote in Peru, one of our best known service leaders there, will be speaking. You're all welcome. Go in peace.